Picture this, you're sitting down to watch a live poetry performance. The first poet takes the stage, and as they begin to read, they're accompanied by a live jazz band. If this sounds intriguing, well, you're in luck. International Jazz Poetry Month returns to Pittsburgh on May 2nd. The festival features more than 50 artists, including local jazz icons and poets from Algeria, Cuba, Sudan, and Ukraine. Tickets to watch online or in person at City of Asylum's home on the north side are free. Get yours at cityofasylum.org before they're gone. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, the Steel City has a bunch of classic eats, but one of our favorites, the pepperoni roll, actually hails from West Virginia. I'm with Kat Schuler, the story-loving owner and founder of Rolling Pepperoni in Lawrenceville. It's Thursday, April 27th. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. It's Thursday, so we're talking about food. Pepperoni rolls, that sweet bread dough wrapped around pepperoni or cheese, or if you're vegan, maybe peppers or olives or artichokes. I don't know how anyone decides which of your rolls to order, Kat. Yeah, it's the way the pepperoni sort of oils out into the roll is so delicious. And I try to, it's hard for the vegans because really I think the glory of the pepperoni roll is the oil that goes in the bread dough. That is the sweet spot of why they're so yummy. You're the first person I've ever heard talk about pepperoni oil positively ever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, you know, I'm out about my love for the oil, but I think pepperoni rolls really have their love is with that dough. A lot of people would just take the pepperoni out of the roll and eat the dough because it's so it the oil kind of imparts this sweet, spicy softness into the dough. So it'll stay soft a lot longer than if there wasn't that rich meat inside. Yeah. Well, so City Cast Pittsburgh actually placed an order with rolling pepperoni just before this call. Um, and we didn't get any classic pepperoni because we roll deep with the vegetarians over here. So I think we're going to have to order again. <laughs> the veggie ones are delicious, too, but it's hard to get that same sort of like sweet, spicy, soggy dough, sort of with the tomatoes. That does or it. the olives, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. The olives will do it. When did you start making pepperoni rolls? You know, were they like a family tradition or something you liked from childhood? Uh, Growing up, we didn't make a lot of pepperoni rolls because there were so many pepperoni rolls readily available. And they're so (laughs) good all over the place. You know, gas stations. That was in West Virginia, right? Yeah, in West Virginia, in Elkins, West Virginia. And when you grow up in West Virginia, you have to drive a lot to get to different places because everything's kind of spread out. So a pepperoni roll is a really good snack on the road because it's not a Twix or a bag of chips. It has some substance to it, (laughs) you know, and when I moved to Pittsburgh, I realized how unique the pepperoni roll was. I didn't get it till I moved here. And then I really miss them for nostalgic reasons, but also because I kept thinking, man, I need something healthier when I'm running around. 
I guess I'll just start making my own. Once again, you are maybe the first person I've ever heard talk about pepperoni as a healthy option. (laughs) (laughs) People say that to me. They're always surprised that I'll talk about pepperoni rolls as a healthy option. I guess I see them as healthy because of their protein content. And if the bread is handmade, that carries so many healthy micronutrients uh, compared to a factory made protein bar or something of that nature. Yeah. You know, and the protein means a lot to me. I'm an omnivore, so I'm right there with you. Um, I love this perspective. I'm definitely going to carry it out into the world. Um, I feel like a lot of Pittsburghers would consider pepperoni rolls kind of a local delicacy. But what do you think, you know, as a native West Virginian, do you think that that's fair? Can Pittsburgh claim them? Um, Or is there a better way to describe, you know, kind of this like lore around the pepperoni roll? Yeah, I think Pittsburghers can claim the pepperoni roll. That's a lot of what I try to do, making the pepperoni roll and talking about the West Virginia roots. In Pittsburgh, the pepperoni roll is often bigger as a loaf and then cut and shared at a party where I never experienced that before moving to Pittsburgh. And I love that rendition. And in Pittsburgh, they're really big on sauces with the roll where in West Virginia, it's definitely sauceless and definitely handheld more for adventuring and kind of going about. I think Pittsburgh should claim the pepperoni roll in a way that connects it to West Virginia. And I sort of use the word Appalachia as a way to describe the region that encompasses both places. So both can have their own claim on the pepperoni roll, separate but connected. Can you talk a little bit about that shared history, you know, kind of how the pepperoni roll originated and, you know, how it found its way to your family? The history of the pepperoni roll is beautiful and fascinating. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think the history of the pepperoni roll is important mostly because America is such a new country. Um, We don't have a lot of iconically or characteristically American foods. I guess if we were to say iconically American foods would be like McDonald's. You know, if we go through our favorite foods. That's not the legacy most of us are the most proud of. (laughs) No way. Yeah. I mean, the pepperoni roll technically originates from Fairmont, West Virginia, which is where the very first coal mine in America broke ground. This is also where Uh, many Italian immigrants were sent, typically from the region of Calabria. And Italians have a uh, roll called the prosciutto roll, which is similar to a pepperoni roll, except this is sort of where it becomes American in that where the coal mines broke ground, there wasn't any available farmland. A lot of the way the railroads went in and the way the trees were cleared for the railroads, for the mines, for the company towns, it was done so in a way that the land really had a hard time to be used for food or, you know, vegetables or livestock. 
So most of the ingredients that they had to cook with came through on the company store. And because most of the miners were paid in script, which means that they were paid in like tokens that could only be used at the company store and had no value, all they had to buy was actually pepperoni, which is an American invention where pork and beef are mixed in the salami as opposed to most other salumis where it's one single origin meat. I don't think I was ever aware of that distinction. So that's that's a new learning today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. So the pepperoni technically is American in its entirety and the way that it's made. The word pepperoni is uh, really means like pepper in Italian. And it all kind of starts in this really wooded, dense area in the middle of West Virginia. The beginning of sort of an American industrial revolution, just beginning to break ground for the first American coal mine, just beginning it kind of the boom of the steel industry that's going to transform Pittsburgh. And I think there's so much power in talking about the story of where the pepperoni world comes from as Americans sort of decide, what do we think about coal? What do we think about industrial What do we Mm -hmm. think about capitalism? Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art, eat gourmet snacks, people watch? Well, mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins, and so will everyone else there. Be playful, be imaginative, explore your magical realm because this is a theme party. You want to come dressed to impress. You must be 21 and up to attend and rest assured every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum, its art, its education, and all of its community outreach initiatives. Get your tickets now to the 25th Mattress Factory Garden Party. They are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So that kind of bridges the gap to, I guess, what we would consider maybe the modern era. But how, what was its introduction like for you and bringing it to Pittsburgh? Because, you know, you say you you got here and there was nothing like what you were used to before. Um, and now you've made it your career. Uh, what was that transition like? And also, you know, just opening a brick and mortar in this day and age. You know, it's a lot. It was a lot. It was a handful. It was absolutely fascinating. I was making the rolls just because I really missed home 
And I just couldn't help it. You know, it just sort of happened on my own. But then what's super cool about Pittsburgh is how supportive people in Pittsburgh are of each other. So as soon as I started making them, people started saying, ooh, that's cool. You should sell these. Oh, I'm having an event and some makers are going to be there. Do you want to set up a table? And I would be like, no, I don't. I'm not a baker. I don't know how to like, no way. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give it a shot. Just try. Just come on. Bring a few. I would show up and have like 12. You know, I would. Oh, that's not enough. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I really didn't know what I was doing, but I would just be like, OK, sure. I'll bring some rolls. And when I would go to these events. People had a lot to say about the pepperoni roll. Everyone was like, what are you doing? Why In are you making way? pepperoni rolls? In a bad way? Both ways. <laughs> good and bad. I like that you got I, help, but you also got like a real reaction. Like, what What are you doing with your life? <laughs> it was strong. People, people were really, some people were highly defensive. What are you doing selling pepperoni rolls? Do you even know where these come from? These come from West Virginia. And I was like, well, yeah, I know. That's why I'm making them. So do I. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Where are you from? Because obviously most anybody that says that is from West Virginia. And in West Virginia, there is a defense of kind of the state, the culture, the way we're represented. Absolutely. But then there were also people that were like, uh, pepperoni rolls? Why are you going to make those? They're so basic. They're like not a pepperoni roll. I was like, yeah, a pepperoni roll. And I found that those like those are really two far ends of the spectrum for really quick visceral responses from people. A defense yeah. and then also a, a strong offense you know, what are you doing? That's, that's not a good food. Don't make that. Well, and one rooted in like a reflexive and very subjective taste. And the other one, I don't know, comes from like this deep personal pride that I don't know, I feel like a lot of Southerners really like carry deep in their soul. Like, you can appreciate it, but I don't know that you get to have it all the time. Like, this is special. This is mine. <laughs> that's so well said. This is special and this is mine. And I think that mentality grows from people who feel they've had a lot taken from them. And so the things that are rooted in place are really important to people. I agree completely. Um, so, Kat, your food isn't just for eating. It's also for reading, oddly. Um, you wrap your rolls, literally wrap them in these printed stories of Appalachian culture. It's like the actual packaging. Why did you decide to do it that way? Like we were just sort of talking about how there was a whole conversation around the rolls, the stories. I thought, well, okay, as a West Virginian who doesn't want to do do a disservice to this history, the, you know, everything that this food product represents. I don't have all the answers. You know, I don't know everything about Appalachia. I don't know everything about the pepperoni roll. I don't know everything about the region. I don't even know a little bit compared to how much there is to know. So I thought instead of <laughs> 
It's very humble <laughs> of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the thing is, is it's such uh, it's such a fluid conversation that really represents a lot of people and a lot of changing ideas. And I thought instead of me trying to talk about the ideas that I might have or the things that are important to me, why don't I just make space for people to talk about the ideas that they have? You know, the people that come up to me when I'm at an event, what what do they want to say? Why so defensive? What do we feel like we're defending? So I started asking people, what is Appalachia to you? And so Appalachia is a sociologically defined culture, which means that it's a culture defined by anyone that identifies with it, um, where most cultures, I guess, have a distinct boundary, like a line, a region, a river. A geography. Ge- yeah, exactly. What kinds of people did you talk to? Oh, man, I talked to so many amazing people. I mean, really, I just went through my bucket list of idols. I talked to Appalachian professors at Chatham, WVU, artists, uh, poets, climate crisis, warriors. I was expecting a list like friends and neighbors. This is a much, <laughs> you, sh- you really shot for the stars in a, in a better way. I like that. Well, Appalachia is a complicated word. And honestly, if you start asking people, what is Appalachia to you? A lot of people aren't sure what to say. Most people are going to say, oh, it's over there. It's not here. It's them, but it's not me. And most of the people that are willing to really step into that space are people that have studied the word, studied the culture and the region. Yeah. Well, so obviously folks should order a roll to be able to experience the stories firsthand. But can you give me, I don't know, a little spoiler of what a few of them maybe shared? I think the biggest theme from the stories that came through was that there is a push and pull between sort of a creation idea and a destruction idea in the region. Sort of this idea of pride and this idea that there's been wrongs. And for each person, those wrongs meant different things. They felt different. But every single person, when they talked about the word Appalachia, it was a very visceral story of this is the pain my region carries and this is what I do and this is what my family does to make it beautiful and to reclaim it. Every single one. Kat Schuler is the founder of Rolling Pepperoni. You can find her roni rolls at the storefront in Lawrenceville or order delivery through her website. Kat, thank you so much for sharing this history and kind of a piece of yourself with CityCast Pittsburgh. Thank you, Megan. It's been a blast. A little more news before you go. Sticking with our food theme, Eaton Park's extremely popular Strawberry Pie Forever beer is back. It's part of a special partnership with Grist House Brewery in Millvale. It's a limited run sour ale. Last year, it sold out in just a few hours. You can pick up a four pack this Friday at 4 p.m. at the Banksville Eaton Park or next Friday at 4 p.m. in the Waterworks location. 
and in less tasty news, apparently the Pittsburgh area has one of the worst commute times in Pennsylvania. That's according to a new study from the digital site Stacker, which uses census data to rank the worst commutes in our state. McKeesport came in at number four. The average commute time to work there takes 28.3 minutes. Lower Burl and New Kensington ranked pretty high too, number seven and eight respectively. And Pittsburgh as a whole came in right around the middle. Sorry to our sister pod, CityCast Philly, but y'all won the crown for the Commonwealth's most atrocious commute overall. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you're hungry for more food-focused shows, check out our back catalog of Thursday episodes. That'll always be your day for tasty updates. And you can check out our Friday Hey Pittsburgh newsletter for dozens of bite-sized newsy morsels about restaurants and bars and pop-ups and food trucks all over town. You can subscribe to the link in our show notes or at pittsburgh.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk to y'all soon. Sorry, I even brought that into the multiverse for you.